This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. It's Melbourne Cup Eve 2023. It's also going to be a momentous show as we launch a new segment. We'll get to that in a minute. It does revolve around you and your ways of life, Craig Hutchison. We'll tease it at the moment. We'll get to it in about five minutes. But good morning to you on this particular Monday. Hello, Damo. Gee, that beard's coming along. You look a bit of Teen Wolf about it at the moment. It's getting a bit out of hand. It's a bit of the guy from The Hangover about it. It's getting a bit... When, when I get one, I don't bother trimming it. So oh, it, no. it just goes. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yep. It got good feedback at the races. It must be good said. Feedback it got good feedback at the races. Us. It was a, it was a good, <laughs> positive feedback at the races with an Archie. Yep. <laughs> was there anyone on the course more... Hypo- Did you find anyone more hypocritical than you? Because you're not a racing fan, of course, as you've told I'm us. I'm a punter. I'm a punter. Yeah, and t- I went to a punting outlet totally, uh, marquee. Totally, totally yep. different. Yep. yep. Yeah, no, you've made it... You've, you've actually... You've made it abundantly clear the difference, and you've been over, audience have been overwhelmingly impressed with your argument on this. They have. How was your derby day? It was very good. Thank you to Sportsbet for having me. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Was that? But can we just disclose, by the way, for Media Watch? Yep. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a paid uh, attribution well, to say thanks. You no, were just being invited as a gesture. Exactly, I was. In fact, I think I technically may have been Nathan Brown's plus one. So that's how it happened. I think I think I was Nathan Brown's plus one. I was there with Nathan Brown. I think anyway. it's really important because Media Watch will be listening. To clarify, were you invited as a specific individual? Yes, I was. And and no, I was. Are you were? Yep. Or were you by Adam one? Patterson? Thank you to Pato. Right, as, yep. one, as one of their talent. Everyone's talent. He's very good at it. No, I, yep. I wouldn't say talent. I, I did an ad, paid ad last year, which I declared I was paid for. And Media Watch found the need to report on it two weeks in a row, which we predicted in advance of it happening that they would. Yeah. So okay. So ripping day. Well <laughs> yeah. done. Did you go? I did. Yes. And I didn't get to your because you were at the other end of the course. We were down the Elms End, which is yes. a, it couldn't be further apart from where you were. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Looked a nice spot down there. It was good. Yeah. Really nice spot. Yeah. Might, might might pop in there Thursday afternoon if opportunity prevails. No, you, you realise how fortunate you are to get those invitations, and it was as it's as good a day as you could have, I reckon, with the food and the. Company it's and, a great part of Melbourne, isn't it? You can feel Melbourne come alive over the last couple of days. Sydney, the same. I think the all reports, the Golden Eagle was awesome. Yep. The big dance tomorrow. Why are we recording so early in the week, by the way? Do you think that's a... We revolve it around your schedule, don't we? Is that right? Traditionally, it's been a Tuesday, but if we've had a lot of Mondays, and it's I think your travel movements are the reason we're doing a lot I, of Mondays. I, I apologise. <laughs> you don't realise how it works, do you? Amanda just finds the littlest of openings in your diary. And then everyone else just revolves around. Everyone else cancels. Geordie cancels. Jane used to just, just, just get babysitters to cover for the change in schedule. I cancel other things I'm doing, Hutchie. We all just run around you, mate. Apologies. Yeah. Anyway, we made it here. And you, Where would you like to start, Damon? Um, well, just on that, you, you mentioned pay, not being paid to go. I, I was invited for free. I didn't, say, I didn't mention that. I said, no, you said to declare for media rights. To clarify, were you, were you specifically invited? Oh, you know or what? Were you a plus yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. But what I did discover on the on the day itself, um, I did circulate around the course a little bit. There were people paid to be there in certain rooms. Is that is that a new thing? Or no. am I just out no, of touch with it? And, yeah. and as digital content morphs more and more, hmm. of course there's a people there's a lot paid of it going there. on. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I might be not even not realising that it happened. I just thought the free yeah. invitation. What's, your, was, what's was the market on whether Matt Damon was paid to be there, do you think? I, I hadn't even thought of that being yeah. the case. Um, $1.90 a pick, I reckon. $1.90 a pick. Yeah. The number would have been um, big in our world and insignificant in his. <laughs> so he might have gone, you know what, if you're only going to pay me that, I'll just come and have a good day. So do you reckon 
Fifty would be the number that oh, I think he wouldn't park the car for that. <laughs> Personally, he wouldn't get out. He wouldn't go to the, if it was in his letterbox. He would barely go out and open the envelope. <laughs> so which marquee was he? In? I think it was the Lexus on Saturday. I suspect right. he just went with friends and as an idea, but it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if it was a. But it is an interesting economy emerging. What I loved about the weekend. Have you ever paid anyone to be there in your marquees? Uh, paid the DJ. Oh, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah I get that. No, not, no, no appearance yeah. money. No, I've never no, thought so. No, just used run, to be the place to be seen, didn't yeah, it? Just yeah. run, run a lean show, Damo. But smell of an oily rag, we are. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> what, what I loved about the weekend, and I was interested in the social coverage, Damo, of the bird cage in Melbourne. And for those who are listening outside of Melbourne, bird cage is the kind of place to be seen and where all the corporates build their pop-up houses for the weekend. It's quite an interesting uh, setup. And before you go any further, is it still as, as vibrant as it once was? Because again, I'm just rooting. I, I didn't get to the yeah, case this weekend. On, the early signs are on, it's on the comeback trail, I think. Okay. Um, not that it had anything to come back from, but it had a genuine vibe around it. The, the Michael Clark oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jade and Pip situation. I must admit, I did follow this on yep. social media myself. Yep. How... What a great piece of journalism the weekend was where there were so many creative ways to write that they did not see or talk to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the Seinfeld coverage of the weekend. Well, there were layers to it, weren't there? Yeah. It was the invitations in advance. Yep. So you had that aspect of yep. it. It was like our marquee was like the grassy knoll of – like we were halfway between the tab. Right. And, which is where Michael Clark was. Right. And the <laughs> – Penfold slash Lexus, which were the other people. So if there was ever going to be like... So Jade and Pip were in the Penfolds one, is what you're saying? No, I think... No. Um, well, basically what happened was they did not cross paths. But the Daily Mail in particular found nine ways to write it. Even the after party... I was going to say this. The after party was a good move. And then today I think that made the Herald Sun as well. And that was at the, new, the new place at the top of uh, Turak Road there, isn't it? The, uh, the, Chapel Street, the, the Beverly. Yeah, yeah, which has got a bit of buzz about it, hasn't it? I still haven't been. Yeah. yeah. Is it worth it? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you, would, you would have been. Oh, please. What do you think I am? Hanging out at nightclubs. Oh, you used to. You used to go to the openings. But they quote unquote danced around each other <laughs> or away from each other. Well, they had their was backs to each other at one stage yeah. and, then they, and then their camps yeah. kept them apart. Kept, I read that. Kept a respectful distance or <laughs> avoided each other at all costs. Like, there's all these different ways into nothing happened. It's, it, read, it read to me, actually, as that was a very Sydney thing that. The way it was reported and the way oh. and the crew that came down oh. with said parties. It was very Sydney. Let me find this. Yeah. They said that Michael hung out with the quote unquote Sydney set. Well, the, okay. <laughs> there was even that phrase then. Okay. Let me find it. So the Sydney set would have been. Actually, was he with Carl then? There was a little bit as much yeah, yeah, notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So it just shows you. But I reckon that would have still done enormous clicks. Enormous clicks. Yeah. It's amazing what drives uh, clickbait, isn't it, this time of year? It is. It is. Did you watch any of the coverage? So no, like, no. So, so last year for Channel 10, by the way? Yes, yep. I saw that. Channel 9 will get it, won't they? It hasn't been announced yet, but... Yes. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing yep. too. I thought it was going to be announced some months ago, or weeks ago at least, but... I think that's, they put a bit of distance in that, haven't they, to get through the carnival and... We've, again, we're only relying on what we've had, and we've had a fair bit of feedback. There's a lot of questions pertaining to it. Um, it's actually here on our running sheet too that the coverage wasn't that well-received. They get a hard time. But again, I, I did not see one second of it, so I can't. They get a hard time, Channel 10, don't they? Everyone's, everyone wants to whip Channel 10. I, I didn't see it, so I can't defend. No. But we got a lot of a lot of tweets around I will it. watch it tomorrow. I'll uh, be able to give you a uh, award sort of oh, take yeah. tomorrow. Okay. Yes, I'm just yeah. going to sit at home tomorrow. I've got yeah. a little bit of work to do, but I'll get that just done. Just going back over really? the uh, story, the pair, quote-unquote, kept to separate sides of the room, quote-unquote, <laughs> 
made a conscious effort to steer clear, <laughs> and then it was described by someone else as quote unquote awkward. <laughs> of course, it was. <laughs> was uh, that one of those uh, anonymous sources? Well, spies claimed the pair oh, were quote unquote <laughs> dancing around each other all night to avoid any run-ins. You see, that wouldn't get a run in the age that type of reporting because they need to attribute their sources. So spies aren't yep. sources. Two more quotes, quote unquote. There was a quote on, anonymous quote. Yep. Yep. There was a close call with them almost back oh, to back on the was. dance floor. Oh, yeah. But their crews kept Cruise. them pretty separate. Jade was with the Sydney crew. Montana Cox, Tom McEwen and Dina Broadhurst and newlyweds Billy Mitchell and Michael Porter. And meanwhile, Pip was hanging out with the Melbourne crew. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nadia Bartel, Emger, Lena Wilkinson and Aaron Holland. Almost like it was like you know, guns at 10 paces on either side of the dance floor. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was Beck You're Judd? the Melbourne crew or the Sydney crew? <laughs> Who was Beck Judd with? I think, well, I don't think she was necessarily at the after party. Would have been with the Melbourne crew. Melbourne crew. Yep. She's normally with Lana, isn't she? Lana Wilkinson. How's that go on the front door? Name? Okay, where from? Sydney crew. You're with the Sydney crew or Melbourne crew? <laughs> Sydney crew. Left door, please. Don't get too close back to back on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Glenn Maxwell, let's go there next. Yep. I, I've got an issue with elite athletes getting themselves injured. And you know I had that view over uh, Callum Mills at the Sydney Swans, somehow popping the uh, shoulder off yep, the rotator cuff in a, in a wrestle with a rookie you're at, the, the, at the Mad Monday of Sydney, you're Sydney the runner, Swans. You're the runner-up on this. There's always a champion of an area of angst, and you're the runner-up on this area. I don't think I'm a runner-up. I, I think I've been doing it for longer than Kane Corns in all honesty. Kane's the MVP of this area. I, I, do, I just have a, an issue with it. I don't have an issue with players doing their own thing in their own time, but to get yourself injured or concussed in Glenn Maxwell's case off an activity that is questionable yep. in anyone's life, and that is standing on the back of a golf buggy with a fair bit of uh, movement going on at the time, yep. when you are about to play in a World Cup qualifying game yep. of significance. It is. I mean, you, I know how you make a lot of it. The, how would that gone on the Sheffield Shield circuit <laughs> when you were covering the game? <laughs> well... Let's just get back to the actual issue, Hutchie. Now, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's going to pass the concussion protocols. And hopefully it won't matter until, apart from being a nice little chapter in a book, that he's going to be able to write at some stage that's going to be a a pretty good seller. Because I'll read that book because I love Glenn Maxwell. Never met Glenn Maxwell, but I love the way he carries himself. But athletes and injuries in these circumstances, and don't forget the same guy, also broke his leg effectively at a private birthday party only months ago as well. And, And... cost himself several yeah. million dollars, I'd imagine, in contracts pertaining to that. So the penny hasn't dropped. Let me ask you this question without – this is not a loaded question. I know you think my questions are loaded. I'm just asking – you're a Sheffield Shield writer from way back. You're more of a cricket expert than I'll ever be. Would he have jumped on the back of the golf cart four or five days out from the IPL where the money is at its biggest for a short period of time? Okay, that is a loaded question. Yeah. Probably not. Do you think behaviour – do you think because they don't – I mean – Cue the ex- experts saying you don't understand what it's like to play for Australia and stop. <laughs> you get all stop, that, yeah. 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 Like, leave, leave me out. And, of, and the, the other experts are go, oh, let boys be yep. boys and girls I'll, be girls. I'll come and, to boys and boys yeah, and I mean, all that sort of stuff. Um, we'll come to Marcus. But, Marcus, but um, it did cross my mind, like, playing for Australia is amazing for these players. But it used play, to be. But playing IPL is fundamental to their life. Life, yeah. yeah. Are you making the same decisions a week out from Look, maybe IPL. Glenn would, given he, at a birthday party, had a, a yeah. similar outcome in terms of a physical action that, yeah. that stuffed him. Um, so, so maybe he would have. Maybe he would have. But, I mean, you know, you bag me for being conservative, but I, I do work backwards from worst-case scenarios in every single time. And getting on the back of a, 
a golf buggy when there's a little bit of merriment and it seems they were having a good time. And they play 36 yeah. holes, which remember cricketers used to be banned from playing golf in between yeah. major events anyway. I'm, I'm, again, I've got no issue with doing that. But And then um, to, to Marcus Stoinis, here's a little bit of free advice. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in 2023 and yeah. about into 2024, here's, here's a bit of free advice for you, Marcus. Um, <laughs> Go home and write on your wall, never, ever, 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 ever say out loud in the privacy of your own home, the room, the backyard, your parents, your old schoolmates, the words, boys will be boys ever again. If you want to create a lightning rod to an issue and understandably create a firestorm among the modern contemporary times, hang it up. And to every other, it should be taught to every athlete who gets signed. Yeah. Um, we're about to draft you. Before we draft you, are you ever going to say the term boys will be boys ever again in your life? I don't, I don't have a major issue with what he said. I, I didn't because that, that is what happened. And I get that. I get that. But there's a time and place to be boys. There's not. It's, yes, there it's is. 2023. Just also, just don't fall off the back of it for starters. Hang up the colloquial male <laughs> references. And yep, that, how to, how to make a bad situation even worse by Marcus Stoinis. What do you reckon happened, Archie? I mean, you, you'd crisis manage a lot of things that wouldn't ever make it to the public. But so that when that happened and the and the team officials got wind of him going down off the back of a, yep. a golf cart, and then the reason it would have got to them was because the medical agents would have said, well, there's a concussion issue as well. Yep. They would have then gone, okay. They would have pulled everyone through, through the door, wouldn't they? And said, right, tell us what happened. Because they couldn't have a hole in that story yep. if they were to then present it publicly. They, they seem to take at least 24, maybe 36 hours to release said information. So would that... you have been, if you were in charge, would you have been tempted to try and fudge your way through it? No. No, because the lies around anything always get into trouble. Yep. They, they get you into more trouble in the act. I mean, people can live with him falling off the back of a cart. If, they, if there was a lie attached to it, if they said there was no alcohol, or if they said yep. he, he just happened to uh, bump, him, bump his head on a door, that, that's when there's a major yep. issue. So I think full disclosure in that regard is right. But they would have taken some time to get to that, wouldn't they? I think so many people probably knew, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure clubs do try and get through those things without... You know, I think a lot of things get through. A version of the truth. Like, okay, so you've got a bit of a concussion. Mm. Um, have there been any other niggles bothering you? Yeah, well, my ankle's been yeah. a bit of a concern and you know, my wrist is a bit sore. And then you actually bundle that up into a... Yeah. You know, he's... I'm going to use an example here with uh, with what happened in the AFL system. Elijah Holland's Gold Coast Suns player traded to Carlton yep. during this, the trade period. Subsequent to the actual transaction... Revealed that he had a an existing court case in the Queensland court system yep. with drug possession, and it played out, and it's it's there for people to have a look at online if they have missed that story. But there would have been people behind the scenes desperately attempting to get that off the books, and there's every chance that could have gone through a court system, and had it not been for a court reporter just seeing the name E Hollands, yep. it, it possibly would have even got through the court system. And the, is that much stuff going on that we actually we on the outside and the media traditionally would have picked up on that we don't pick up on these days, I reckon. Three years became one two on that deal, which was you know, he got a two year sanction. Not a sanction, but a warning. He's got a, a, well, he's got a he was getting a three year deal card, he only got a one year. So oh, yeah. he's now got to earn yeah. the rest of his of his deal. But when, when both clubs said yes, we had an yep. awareness of it and Carlton was aware before they traded, yep. so to speak. There was no intent, I don't think, to make so it public you, until it was needed to be made. So public. you said and let's use our genre, which is sport, you said that the years ago that would have probably got out in, in advance and now didn't. Do you think journalism is any better no. than what it was 10 or 20 years ago? No way. No. Do you think the industry has regressed? Yep. 
Yep. And and what attention what, to detail is a, a key part. And and the dotting I's and crossing T's. I, I used to, I, I don't I don't do, don't do anymore. Once upon a time, I wouldn't go to sleep unless I. Um, and again, someone else told me to do this some years ago when I was doing the beat at the Herald Sun. But have a look at the court list every single night. And and if you did it every single night, the the Supreme Court, the County Court, the Magistrates Court, it, it might take you a little bit to get a, access. So you to. do that every night. Of your I life. used to. And you know what? I took the view because you would get, and I'm not exaggerating this, you would get two really good stories out of it yeah. every single year. Yep. Yeah. But so the the trade off is you do it for 365 days, and you'll get. Two. Now, as you know, the way the world works. How much works, time a day did it take you? Oh, it might have taken, if, if, on an email subscription list, which I think they've stopped doing, but you can still access it if you want to go and find yep. it. Uh, it might have taken five minutes because you knew what you're looking for sometimes. So sometimes you're waiting for a case. Like I remember there was some litigation with Optus and AFL and it ended up being just, it was just a court listing, which yep. took one phone call and then it, but we knew the story anyway. It was just a matter of being in court. So I'm just, I'm just giving you one example. They're the best types of stories. Too, I give the best the types of examples. The allegations, yeah. in the in the writing is in the writing. Yeah. A always detailed. But I don't do that anymore, and and I don't know who would. You know? And be fair game, right? It's going to be heard in a court of law. Yep. And so it's hard for the subject to dispute when you go, "What's well, in the in the court paper?" So yeah. So you do that every night. I used yep. to. I used to probably for so what, five years. What yeah. has caused journalism in your mind to regress? I think the instant nature, the, um, the the fact that we just move on so quickly anyway, don't we? We just yep. move on. The digital what age? Second. The digital age? Yeah. The revenue model? The revenue model. The Verity revenue yeah. model? Like like even even checking that, it, it's it's a little small story now these days. And you, I, I look, I'm, I know what you're like. You, the better stories always came, I think, from just doing the, the nuts and bolts on the, on the day-to-day stuff because that gets and generates the conversations, didn't it? And then that would lead to another conversation. It wasn't you don't ring for that reason, but that's where the conversation would often lead. Yeah. But, but you don't you don't check on the hamstring story now, do you? You don't you know listen, I saw so and so go off and I just want to check. In the old, sound like, we sound like those old people we are. But well, you do sound like Statler Mordor from the no, Muppets but, here. But you know how it works. You would ring a footy club and say, How yeah. is that guy? And then that would that wouldn't have got that out. That was your base. That was your base. And then you'd reveal yeah. oh, so and so has done his hamstring, we'll miss three weeks. That used to be a good story on a Tuesday. It was often the reason No one cares about that now. The the real reason you were ringing was obviously like I would think I always saw it like the green fees playing the golf course. If you just that gave you an opportunity to get on the course, those sort of yeah. uh, little stories, right? Yeah. And if you rang someone to ask about a hamstring or a day to day or when someone's back from an injury yep. or what are you going to play at the tribunal tonight, the subject might think that's the reason you're ringing, but 99 times out of 100, that's it. It's just an opportunity to get on the course. You've got to then go yeah. talk for 10 minutes yeah. about that topic. You've got to play dead. no interest in it. It'll play dead yeah. for a while. Yeah, and they go, oh, by the way, what, what about... And then, then you disguise yeah. your real intent, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of I always, dark um, arts. But yeah, no. I saw it as, okay, how do we get on the course and play the yeah. information system today? Yep. I'll pay my green fees by doing the core basics and then... It's, in my head, that's how it works. Then mm. you play the same game. You play that same game yeah, in, in, a, in, a, in a TV way. I, I wanted to be on the on the telephone or in person with as many people as often as I could, as often as I could, as often as I could. Yeah. So like I always thought my chance of finding something interesting, relevant, or creative. Yep. Was by being that that applying that art to the day. Yep. And if, if I'm sitting at my desk with no phone ringing, or then I'm actually squandering my opportunity. Yeah. 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 I yeah, know exactly what you're saying there. I can relate to that. All right, let's get to this new segment that uh, we flagged last week. Uh, Geordie has cut up a new stinger for us, Hutchie. I haven't heard it. I'll listen to it uh, cold before we then set it up. 
Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain. Uh, flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. In the unlikely event of having to use the evacuation slides, follow the lighted path. Craig's carry on. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. <laughs> a bit of Frank Sinatra. <laughs> well, I do carry on on planes and to get to planes, so I think that's a fair enough name. No, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Bit of creativity there. I haven't been called so, Craig for about 30 years, but that's the only challenge of the model. No, we, we, we yeah. did, but it, it, it's a nice play on words with carry on, which has a nice uh, airline connotation because you flagged this, I think it was in question time last week, that you wanted to, for the close of the 2023 editions of the Standing Board, Series yep. 8, and this is episode 41. I don't think I'd uh, flag that off the top. Yep. Series 8, this is the eighth year we're doing this. You want to do, in, in the run home to the end of this season, start happy, this I'm new happy to take questions. So on, can you set it up for us? Yeah. What, what are you doing here? So I'm happy to take questions on plane protocol. We yep. saw a few tweets come through this week about people who found their way through airports quicker on the back. Like, I, I've got a lot of flaws, but I think <laughs> plane and airport management is... Uh, no one's better. Oh, I think I'm in the in, no, yeah, I'm in the best 5% of the country in this no, space. No, I'd, I'd say the world, Hachi. In fact, I'd go 2% of the world. So I'm happy to share those I've observations. I've seen you negotiate airport queues that, that take me 90 <laughs> minutes and you're out the front waiting for the car. Some of these things will work for you at home. Some of these you'll think are crazy. And this also is on the back of you also uh, talking about the armrest situation. The armrest protocol. You've had is, quite a few radios, this is a radios on armrest. This is a spin-off. Yeah. This is the Mork and Mindy to Happy Days when it comes to <laughs> okay. a spin-off from, from armrest protocol. We're going to take is... it in all protocol. <laughs> this is Fraser to Cheers. Is it a prequel or a, or a sequel? No, it's a sequel. And, <laughs> and you can ask these questions. Where, where is it? The sounding board at scn.com.au. Yeah, the sounding board at scn.com.au and uh, sounding board ep at uh, Twitter so, and Facebook. So any questions you've got relating to plane travel, yep. fire them to Hutchie. Yep. All right. Where do you want to go today? You, you can start wherever you want with the Mungo Awards. I know there's a few there well, There's already. a couple of questions already because we did flag this last week. Well, make sure you hit the, your best club off the tee, Dave. Well, do, do you, I don't know whether you want to go with this well, one. Well, ask, um, ask me whatever you like. Okay, here's one. And actually, this is also posted by Louise Adler during the week, okay, on social media, asking for a friend. Why do blokes assume they are entitled to two armrests? So that was one. We've already dealt with that one, by the way. Yep. What about this one? And you, you wanted to flag this one yourself in private conversations. Do you? This is a question. Do you take your laptop out before yep. the plane leaves? And if so, how do you handle it when they ask you to put it away? Really good question. I think it's a really good question yep. because you, they don't like you putting it in the seat pocket. So what do you do? So you go straight to the – this is how I do it. You go carry-on bag and carry-on laptop bag, two carry-on bags. In the States, you're limited to two. If you end up with three, you put your laptop bag in your, in your carry-on, overall carry-on. I'll explain that another day. <laughs> okay. Go straight to your seat, put your small bag up, and then put your briefcase up. But as you put your briefcase up, take your laptop out, and then use this as an opportunity to double dip a little bit on comms with the person next to you. Put the laptop for a moment on the, on the armrest. But see, you're talking about a, a business class armrest here. People don't have that luxury. Or, or any armrest. You can't put no. You can't put a, a laptop on an armrest in a, an economy. You can. There's, there's tiny. You no, say, there's not. And you say, would you mind if I just? Nah, put... I see. This is where you're elitist about this already. You, you fly business class. Would you mind if I just put that down there for a moment? Because a, you're asking permission, and b, it's just a little hint of authority of I'm going to be a player in the armrest stakes here. Let, let, <laughs> let, let. <laughs> so you're combining this issue with the armrest yeah. again. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's double dipping. Okay, what does some poor me mortal in economy do? Hang on a minute. Hang on. I'll get to it. Then you come back to your seat. 
and I always get five or ten minutes of laptop workout yes. before the plane goes. Because they never take off anywhere near time. Because so. it, A, it never, never goes. Yeah. B, it signals intent. You're a worker on the plane. You're going to maximise so you your time. talk? Please don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says don't That's talk to me like laptop, yeah. which is a great move. It sends a signal. This guy must be busy. AirPods in as well. Just, just even though they're, well, they're not, you're it, not working, but they're in. Even needed. I'm more into the. And then when the plane's about to go, you've got to read the play on this and put it, take the laptop, fold it. Don't let them see it. Don't and, let the steward. And put it in the sleeve in front of you, either in, if you're in economy, in the back of the seat in front of you. Yeah, but they don't, they don't let you do that if they catch it. Uh, can you let me finish? Or if you're in business, put it in the little seat sleeve in front. Because if they get you first. Yeah, you're in trouble. It's gone up every time. hundred <laughs> yeah, times over hundred. Right. So you've got to read the play. They'll say, you need to put that up the top. And so you've got to get in about, oh, I think about 30 seconds to a minute before you know they're about to sweep on you saying, oh, yep. laptop's got to go. Yep. If you put it in the back, you got about an eight in ten chance of it not being noticed. <laughs> My experience, twenty yeah. percent of the time you come and you plumb in front, no DRS, and up it goes. But a lot of the times you get away with it, and then they're seated, and very rarely can they see from their seat who's doing what until the seatbelt light goes off. So you get another go at the laptop <laughs> much earlier than they'd like you to because they're seated. Oh. Seatbelt light is off. You pull that out, and you as long as you're not like. Leaning the laptop into the center aisle, in which case you're in trouble. Yeah, you're just a little bit subtle. You get another ten minutes work done, and you've signified oh. what it's all about. So that's how I manage laptop. And I think it's it. And then if if it does go up, by the way, yeah, and they're kind enough to put it up, let them put the laptop up remotely or random. It doesn't have to go in the bag above. You can just sit there, just so easy access, and you can just grab it quickly and away you go. Okay, there you go. Do you want a second question or you? Well, we've got enough questions. You start with two, and then you do one a week from here. All right. Well. Has there ever been a time where you've booked, this is another question, booked two planes to leave at the same time to maximise the ability to pick a good seat and or leave quicker? I think booking simultaneous planes, if you're a volume traveller, is one of the most underestimated art forms. But but, but again, for the mere mortal, that's just uh, not possible, I'm not pretending this is any way relatable to people, Damon. I'm just actually just laying that out. You can sit in judgment (laughs) of me all you like. Well, you've just given us an answer that basically yeah. revolves around you sitting in business. Yeah. And here this revolves have... around you having your own work, book your two flights, one of which you only have... will take. I don't have to have ever been to Bahamas to enjoy watching Getaway on television, Damo. I'm just like, you can, you can, you can, if you think this is elitist, you can, I'll, I'll wear it. Yeah. What I do from Perth to Melbourne now, with the help of uh, people around you, Amanda and others here, is book two simultaneous economy flights. Back from Perth. Virgin Qantas. Yep. Or book Virgin and Qantas back from Perth to... So you get the red eye. Yep. Uh, has to be economy because it's expensive to fly. So you've got to take the, the cheaper flight. Book both simultaneously on a flexi. So you get the credit if you don't take one. Because I've, I travel enough to soak up those credits. <laughs> Virgin don't have the lay down beds. Qantas do. Got enough frequent Again, fl- in business. Enough frequent flyers of both. Well, I'm going for the upgrade. Enough frequent flyers of both. Yeah. Lodge an upgrade request. Assess the said request. <laughs> if Virgin Upgrade comes through. Are you doing this yourself or people what, around you are doing all of this behind the scenes? Well, there's a team of people that work on these things. It's a division. <laughs> <laughs> so like the last two red eyes from Perth, for instance, after the Wildcats game, I paid economy. Yep. Got a... Uh, upgrades using points. Yep. And and do they leave similar Similar times? time, 15, 20 minute gap. And okay. you normally get a text heads up. You react quickly when you get the text heads up <laughs> and you adapt accordingly. Well, you forward that text and to the I'll, team. And so, so last week I got the upgrade into Virgin, sorry, into 
Qantas, which got the lady on beds, paid for an economy fare. And the Virgin economy just got converted to a credit. And I'll use that to fly to Sydney or Brisbane. So how long then do you have to cancel or, or to alert the the non-successful airline for your business before you well, lose if, that credit? If, you, if you've created a flexi booking in the first place and you're a frequent enough traveller and you've got enough just roll status on both, then you just like it's. I don't. I don't pretend to be anywhere near where I can get to in this space. By the way, I think I'm still warming up. <laughs> oh no, I think you're pretty good. <laughs> I think you're pretty good. But it is. It is really expensive to fly, and when you are a frequent traveller like me, it is yeah, a you are. real. It's a is, real problem. Is there um, you have to not fly a lot because you can't you don't can't justify a spend. Like it's you're always ahead of the game on on all these types of matters. Is there something you once did relating to airline travel that has been nip in the bud, probably because you were caught out or other people were on it as no, well? I think I, I'd like to think I've started a movement of carry on and luggage. And I I do when I see people tweet now saying I've changed my life with carry on and no no check in. I do I take great pride in that. But you go to New York in the old days for knowing you're going to be there for four months in the middle of a winter. And when we talk winter over there, we're talking zero degrees regularly. Yep. You would take a carry on bag for four months. Yep. And in the domestic U S you need to be a bit different. So with, I mentioned this before in domestic U S you're only allowed two bags on the plane and one is laptop. And so you've got to maximize your laptop with a few incidentals or toiletries, or whatever you can put in that bag. <laughs> so I, with a second one, I take a suit bag, right? So I take a suit bag and a, wheel on and then I try my luck on the three bag storm through at the door and that works about 60% of the time you get they get distracted you're on a diversion so route. what happens on the 40% though what happens on the 40% there's a problem. they say sir yeah. you, you're going to have to check that I say no I'm not, not check, I'm not a checker okay you're only allowed two then you go over about seven metres you unzip your suit bag you put your laptop bag in the suit bag, <laughs> you zip back up. It doesn't fold together very well, and you've got this cumbersome second bag, but you're technically compliant. <laughs> and then I go, fold it up weird suit bag and wheel on, take them both in, and they look at you with the rolled eyes, and you know they know you're going to take your share of space up top. That's why I'm going to be there early, because you don't want to be defending this position on a full plane. You've got to be defending this oh, position yeah. on a relatively empty <laughs> plane. So you've got to be early on this move. I reckon my best advice is about five or six deep in the queue because they're more distracted early. They, the staff, they get sharper as the list goes longer. <laughs> you can't be first because you're, not, you're opening the batting, you notice the and ball. But you've got but this amazing four, ability when you are challenging these moments to just keep walking anyway and, you're batting and brush four it off or as five. I always try and create a, a little bit of a diversion if I can early. They're not quite as settled into their onboarding routine, and you're on. And then you, you then you're fishing into clear air on the. Uh, if you're going late on this, good luck. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there's Craig's carry on. We'll, does that work? We'll, or... Yeah, it works for me. I don't know whether we just spend ten minutes that no one's going to be giving a care for, but I, I I like it. Maybe try and make next the next offering a little bit more relatable to the the person who has to sit down the back in an economy plane at you know seat thirty seven. All right, thirty seven B in the yep. middle. Yep. Maybe maybe make it more relatable. Okay, it's all right. Yep. Just, yeah, that's well, right. That's right. Listen, I've sat in my share of fifty eight Bs, don't Don't worry about that. And there's some there's some strategies around that too, which I'll talk to you next week. Okay, yeah, we'll do yeah. that. Uh, I can't remember get what yourself we... out of fifty eight B. Could be a that's another way. <laughs> I can't remember if we got to this last week with uh, Theo Deropoulos, uh replacing big news, or not replacing, but becoming the the next Channel Seven sports journo, footy journo, underneath Mitch Cleary on the back of Tommy Brown taking off. So. I think it's a nice choice. I, I like Theo's work. I don't know anything about Theo. He used to play cricket. 
Uh, yeah, visit Shield play was he? Shield play for two states. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, who would Mitch have had the final say on this as the chief audio reporter? Well, or? That's a good question. I haven't spoken to Mitch about it. Um, I'd imagine he would have had a line of sight on it, wouldn't he, at some stage? But it would, it's not Mitch's call, by the way. I mean, he's not. I mean, it's not. It's, I don't think it's anyone's. I don't think an employer, yep. employee like Mitch or anyone in that situation has ever got the full right to. Does he break stories, Theo, or is he more of a kind of gatherer? I think he breaks enough. What's the biggest I mean, he's, he's coming from the biggest yarn he's broken. Oh, I can't remember, but he's he always seems pretty. Sign. <laughs> well, I'll be backing him in. I think yeah. Adelaide produced a lot of good. Good. Uh, he's from Adelaide, isn't he? A lot of good sports. Yeah, that's talent. where he's from most yep. recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Again, we didn't touch on this last well, week. Before, I, I don't you, know leave, we, before yeah. you leave Mitch, by the way. So, like, Mitch is opening up a gap on the PR payoff on the rest of the industry. He's become the winks of PR payoffs. Right. So, and, and we, I think, inadvertently created this monster. You and oh, I. He, he had he was exposure to your way of business. He was producing this podcast when we would talk about the PR payoff, the ability to extract content in exchange for a subtle mention at the end of a story. Uh, our audience are now sending us examples. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and over the last week, yeah. he's rolled out not one, but two. See, this is a good time of year to do it too, isn't it, Hutchie? Oh, out of footy season. Time of year. You're just trying to get from trade period oh. into the draft period. And there's a lot of got footballers more, who've got oh, a lot of spare time and they're out there selling themselves. Not only that, you've got a more you've got more airtime to deliver the PR payoff in. And and Mitch has been his trademark is to go the extra two words or three words in the PR payoff. Because a lot of people just go, Yeah. Um an ambassador of Coles, um, Patrick Dangerfield says that he can't wait for the season to start next year. But you watch him just putting not only brand but a little bit of positioning into his PR payoffs. Yeah. The regular listeners of the Soundable will know what we're talking about, which is just so here's the first one. Oh, this is um see if you can this is monster energy, I reckon. Oh, he hasn't gone the monster energy path again, has he? And which is normally Dugowie. This is that is... the audio that we uh, Bailey Smith on this particular case. But what, there is a Dugowie arrangement too, isn't there, yeah. I think? This is an old one for Mitch. This is this so, is going back to the well again, isn't it? So here's the Masai Warrior, a.k.a. Mitch Cleary. See if you can pick the subtle reference to how he got the content here. So I love watching his journey. Together with Monster Energy, Dacos and Smith will visit the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. There you go. <laughs> so And then... Together with Monster Energy, okay. Yep. yep. So they got that one away. Yeah. Nice work. <laughs> So he's worked with the Monster Energy PR team. And, yeah, you know, I'd be happy to kind of get, get a grab for you and for the news. You got another one for us. And then here's another one. See if you can pick this one. <laughs> and working the Coles hot plate for Movember, Tom Liberatore knows his dogs are about to go under the grill. A lot of motivation. <laughs> after, after <laughs> the hot plate. Oh, come on. So the Coles hot plate for November. So that's going the extra two, three words. Is right that there, the old Hill Sun tabloid cliches in? Uh, under the grill. Oh, come on. He's worked in the, you know, it's always better if you can tie the brand to the language, the oh, cheesy yeah. language. So and a less experienced PR payoff operator would have just gone and working with Coles, Tom Libertori, but he, he got the brand position and the campaigning. Let's have one more go with that, please, Zip. And working the Coles hot plate for Movember, Tom Liberatore knows his dogs are about to go under the grill. A lot of motivation after that. And, and there would have been Tom wearing a, a cap with Coles on it. I, yeah. I, I haven't said, or, or an apron behind well, the grill. 
an apron. Yeah, Geordie's going yes on the aprons. Again, <laughs> we're still like old broken down TV, oh, we are. TV we are. journos. We've, but we've the, long established that. The, the cap is the weapon of mass destruction in PR <laughs> the payoffs. Because yeah. it can't be edited out by the editors. It's really noticed by the news directors. <laughs> and it's generally appreciated by the brands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> couple of quick ones. Uh, I like what West Coast has done with Don Pike's appointment as CEO Hutchie. Former coach of the Adelaide Crows. Got them to the 2017 Grand Final. Didn't work for him after that because of what went on with the camp after that particular season. He has spoken about that to a point. I feel he's a really good operator. Premiership player at the Eagles in 1992 and four. Best and fairest winner in the year in between those two premiership successes under Mick Malthouse. And now goes back into the club as chief executive officer. I love the career path. Great player. I think a really good coach. It didn't work for him. Very good player. I wouldn't say great player. Very good player. Very, very good player. I don't, not be, not to, oh, I know. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a very yeah. good player because it was a yeah. it was a famous era in football, and, yeah. and there were better players than him in that club. He did win a best and fairest in a, in a premiership era. That's very, yeah. very good player. Okay, I'll give you a good, very good player. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah, I think it could have been a really good coach, smart man, as we know, self made businessman, and and I, I reckon it's a really sound choice. It doesn't preclude him, I don't think either, being there if they need a coach too. What? Well, it doesn't. What do you he, mean? He's a grand final. He can't coach. be the CEO and the coach. If they need a coach. Well, a caretaker coach. Well, You're not going to be the CEO and the coach, I'm not saying CEO and coach. Well, he's, he's on the books. He take a demotion to be the coach. Well, he's CEO now, as of the appointment yeah. during the week. He, he, there he's is, there. there he's zero there. Every Adam Simpson doesn't will ever coach the West Coast Eagles. Zero chance. Yeah. You're not, if you're the CEO, you're not taking a demotion to go and be the coach. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Adam Simpson may not last the two years he's got remaining his contract. Yeah, well, it's less likely than If Adam likely. Simpson's not going to be coach of the Eagles, I think there's a pretty handy person sitting there on their books already. I think that is one of the great uh, long bows. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Adam Simpson doesn't work, and let's face it, I, Adam Simpson has, has not had a good two years. It, you'd have to say it's less likely than likely Adam Simpson lasts the two into a new era. Like if there's a reset of the footy club going on, yeah, two years is a long time for him, I think. I, I'm agree with yeah. that too, yeah. And then whether they if that ha- if that happened by chance in a season, there's natural caretakers. I hope it doesn't and wouldn't. I think there'll be a mature conversation at the end of next year about whether what suits oh, both parties. Mature conversations. Everyone's yep. having mature conversations. Yep. Um, there's one more topic before we go, Hachi. Someone sent it to us, and I won't reveal the name as we never do, but it's an interesting story here. This was sent to us by one of our listeners. And it pertains to a, uh, a story written in the Financial Times over, over in the US. A group of veteran US financial journalists is teaming up with investors to launch a trading firm that is designed to trade on market-moving news unearthed by its own investigative reporting. The business, and they've mentioned wow. the, the names here, they, they don't mean anything to us in Australia, would comprise two entities – a trading fund and a group of analysts and journalists producing stories based on publicly available material, according to several people familiar with the matter. The fund would place trades before articles were published and then publish its research and trading thesis, but would not trade on information that was not publicly available. What do you make of that? Well, it's a legal minefield, isn't it? Like it's, There's insider trading possibilities. Of, well, It'd be insider trading would be a concern every minute of every day, wouldn't it? It'd be it's that's yeah, a yeah. very delicate. But in terms of a journalistic pursuit, is this where journo's eventually go? Do do the sporting organisations employ a bunch of journo's 
to either be aware of what's going on or of every other person or every other organisation. I mean, th- this is this is formally journos who would have been trying to break stories themselves yep. now being used by the companies to do their investigative work, but to then trade on the information. I, I, I think it's interesting. It, it feels highly market manipulative, and I'd love to read more and understand more. It's the first I've heard of it. Let's follow it. We should follow it. Doesn't it doesn't feel... But in, using... I suppose it's the wider topic of using journalists in ways that were not traditional to journalism. Is that... Well, I mean... Because it, you know, Hutchie, and you've said this yourself, a very good investigative journalist is, is someone that a lot of businesses know they could use. Well, yeah. I mean, there's two, two parts. The, the deeper part is the downside damage, right? So journalists do damage to businesses in what they write, whether it's right or wrong, is is often by the by. Yep, there is a there's a legacy damage that's left in perception, and that just feels like an attempt to arbitrage that into a commodity, which is you know, it feels very date like clever idea. Yes, it feels very dangerous and uh, uncomfortable to me. But yeah, I'd love to have a look at it and see. We'll, we'll actually follow this uh, as it unfolds um, and see what happens with it. Just, just quickly, by the way, should shout out to those who've sent us this. Victoria's Parliament last Wednesday released more than 240 annual reports and reviews oh. in an annual tradition known as Dump Day. <laughs> so this is politics' version of taking out the trash. Get it all out on one day at a busy time of the year when hopefully people don't go through all 240 reports and notice. And if they do, it's Christmas by then and no one cares. So um, that is well sent. Yeah. And what any knowledge from our audience. Known as Dump Day. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was uh, episode 41 of Series 8 of the Sounding Board for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.